0: Hi, I'm Dr. Steven Richheimer, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to Pain Know How, the official podcast of the online pain medicine program at the Keck School of Medicine at USC, the University of Southern California. I'm the program director. This podcast is dedicated to sharing evidence-based information to enhance the practice of any clinician that treats patients that experience pain. All our speakers are experts in their fields and they will provide listeners with the most up-to-date information. Thank you for listening. Now let's go to today's episode.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Elaine Chu. I completed my medical training at the University of Toronto and I'm board certified in family medicine Integrative Holistic Medicine, and a fellow of the American Academy of Medical Acupuncture. I work with a lot of patients who have chronic pain, depression, and PTSD. Acupuncture literally means needle piercing. It's based on an ancient Chinese medical practice, and it has been shown to reduce chronic pain syndromes, sorry, reduce chronic pain symptoms, at least temporarily. So it's a treatment, but not necessarily a cure. There's a concept of qi, or life force, and it flows in these meridians in our bodies. And if that flow of qi or energy gets disrupted or stuck, there's an imbalance of energy, which results in pathology such as pain. So the Neijing is the first acupuncture text that dates back to more than 2,000 years ago. And in that text, the Chinese dis- departs from shamanistic beliefs of demons being the cause of disease. And they started to think of disease and health being affected by diet, emotions, the environment, and aging. And they believed in universal forces of yin and yang and the five elements. And then in another text, there was a quote, the superior physician controls disease before any illness has declared itself. The average physician treats the disease before it has come to crisis. The inferior physician treats the patient when the illness is still dying, when the illness is already dying away. And in the 1600s, The Jesuit priests were in China and they took acupuncture back to France. So the French have their own style of acupuncture. And then in the early 1900s, Western medicine and culture began to dominate and Chinese medicine started to decline. And then um, in 1949, Mao starts to redevelop and redefine Chinese medicine by necessity. Western medicine was scarce and expensive at that time. And this was the beginning of traditional Chinese medicine, also known as TCM, where the focus on patterns of interior, exterior, hot, cold, full, empty, yin and yang. And during the Cultural Revolution, 70 to 80% of all illnesses in China was treated by acupuncture or herbs. Also during that time, the Cultural Revolution, Mao executes all five element practitioners in China. In the 1950s, acupuncture began to flourish in Europe. and It wasn't until 1970s that acupun- acupuncture came on the scene in America, where a New York Times reporter had acute appendicitis while in China, and his post-op pain was treated with acupuncture. And then China opened up, started to open up in 1972 after Nixon's trip to China. 1974, the FDA labels acupuncture as an investigational device. And then 1996, the FDA reclassifies acupuncture as a medical device. And then there was the WHO consultation on acupuncture. And then 1997, the NIH Consensus Development Conference on acupuncture. And then in 2009, it's estimated that there's 50,000 acupuncture practitioners in the U.S. In 2019, there's the opiate crisis, and then acupuncture becomes an alternative to managing chronic pain. And then in 2020, this year, acupuncture, sorry, Medicare starts to cover acupuncture for chronic low back pain. 14 million Americans now have used acupuncture, and there is over 200 different styles of acupuncture Mostly TCM is studied, and most of the studies come from China. So let's talk a little bit about the signs of acupuncture. There is um, definitely an electrical, a bioelectrical difference that exists within the meridians. That space typically lies within the fascial planes. And then in the 1980s, it was discovered that acupuncture stimulated various endogenous substances such as opioids, peptide system, analgesic thing. Events, serotonin, etc. And then there was ha- a higher concentration of microvesicles and perineural cells at the defined acupuncture points, and acupuncture points correlated to activation of various parts of the brain. And with electric stem acupuncture, there is an activation of stem cells. So, looking at the studies, there are so many variables involved and somewhat um, a little bit difficult to control. There's multiple styles of acupuncture, different techniques, different insertion points depending on the style that you're studying, and then the frequency of treatments. There's different accompanying um, treatments, different accompanying types of treatments with acupuncture like gua shao, moxa, cupping, herbs. It's highly individualized, two people with the same symptom commonly receive two different treatments. It's dependent on the patient's individual deficiencies and constitution. There's a transfer of energy also between the practitioner and the patient. And during sh- sham acupuncture is difficult to blind. And also there's cultural differences. Since most studies are done in Asia, the expectation acceptance in Asia may be different from non-Asian populations. So the common referrals that we receive in our clinic, a lot of musculoskeletal pain, especially low back, neck pain, shoulder, knee pain, feet pain, hip pain, secondary to arthritis, degenerative changes, fibromyalgia, cancer, pain resulting from chemotherapy, headaches, migraines, nerve pain from Diabetes, chemo, carpal tunnel, shingles, trigeminal neuralgia, um, addictions, smoking, drug withdrawal, people having chemo um, and the side effects like dry mouth, nausea, vomiting, postmenopausal symptoms. And then newer areas um, that we're exploring is palliative care, use for pain to manage pain in the ER, pre and post-op pain. And, um, but... Not uncommonly do we end up really treating depression, anxiety, PTSD, insomnia. And we, eat, we end up treating what I call the spirit. And the, also the diagnosis of pain for a patient is has le- less stigma than a diagnosis of mental health. So is acupuncture safe? Acupuncture is generally very safe. Serious side effects are rare, less than one 100 per sorry less than one in per ten thousand treatments so this is what we tell our patients about acupuncture side effects drowsiness can occur after treatments in a small number of patients and if it's if you're affected by that we advise you not to drive some patients may feel euphoric after a treatment so be mindful of that there's minor bleeding or bruising in about three percent of treatments Pain occurs during treatment, about 5% of treatments. With any puncture of the skin, there is a risk of uh, minor infection. Very rarely there's organ puncture. And there was just recently one um, case I found in the literature of dermal spread of breast cancer from an accidental needling of a lymph node. And sometimes symptoms can get worse after a treatment. Before it gets better, because what happens, we stimulate the chi, and say the pain is a back pain, and the chi starts to stimulate, and it starts, and it's stuck in the area of the pain in the back. And as we stimulate the energy, the chi tries, the chi tries to buy, get through that pain, and it hits the pain, and it kind of hurts more. But once the the chi breaks through, the pain gets better, which typically is the next day. So um, we tell patients if they have that experience, it means that the, it's a good sign that the acupuncture is working. Also, needle phobia and fainting can occur. And um, we we don't treat pregnant women because acupuncture, certain points can stimulate um, labor and or cause of miscarriage. And this uh, brings me to the end of my talk. And um, thank you very much. It's um, always an amazing journey.
0: We hope you have enjoyed this episode of pain know-how. If you want more information about our online programs, please visit our website at painmed.usc.edu or send an email to us at painmed@usc.edu. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.